Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Alan. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. On the show today, I've got Kristen Darcy. She's the Chief Marketing Officer at Homedics. Prior to Homedics, Kristen was the Chief Marketing Officer at Madison Reed, responsible for growth, for new customer acquisition, retention, and customer lifetime value. Before Madison Reed, she was at the Chief Marketing Officer at PacSun. She's also held marketing leadership positions at American Eagle, Airy, Cody, Oscar de la Renta, and Ralph Lauren. On the show today, we talk about her story from all of these storied brands to her current role as CMO of Homedics. We talk about Homedics and how they are focusing on helping to make lives better with their products, how they have relaunched the brand as well as a campaign that's driving outsized results and much, much more. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Kristen Darcy. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Alan. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting in and, and talking about the company. But before we start down that path, I hear you have an interesting story from your childhood. And I was curious if you wouldn't mind sharing. I think it's interesting, <laughs> de- depending on the age of your audience. So hopefully it's it's relevant for, for them too. But it sure is for me way back when, as well as today. 
So for those who might recall, there was a character named Jeffrey the Giraffe. Jeffrey came from Toys R Us. And growing up, my brother, who's four years younger than I, had this really interesting toy that, that my parents bought us. And it was Jeffrey's face. It was probably about, I don't know, three, three feet tall. And it was weighted on the bottom and was a balloon of sorts in the middle. And you could think of it a little bit of like as a punching bag. Right. <laughs> and I remember growing up outside of Chicago, being in the backyard and hitting this, this Jeffrey, the giraffe punching bag. And the analogy that my dad would tell us sort of back then and became more and more real the older and older we got is that life is a little bit like that punching bag. <laughs> life, business, whatever whatever it might be. Yeah. And there's always going to be the peaks and valleys, but the point is less about some of those valleys and more about how quickly you're able to pop back up like Jeffrey did so instantaneously in, in that punching bag from our backyard. And I'm a big fan of sort of relating sports to business and vice versa. And so I'm sure you've seen some of those quotes in locker rooms and so forth. Success is not about how fast you run or how high you climb, but how well you bounce. Mm. And quite literally, Jeffrey would always bounce back pretty instantaneously. And I think it was a really great lesson before I'd actually experienced any of the lessons because it makes me less afraid to fail knowing that there are going to be those valleys and it's about how you get through them and how well you bounce quite literally back that means all the difference in the world. So that's a little bit about my growing up in the Midwest and learning about resiliency from our friend Jeffrey the Giraffe. <laughs> Oh, I love it. And what a, what a strong visual too. I used to, I used to, I think I had a, a clown version of something's very similar, but never got the story that you did. Wow. Um, your, your, your parents might've been thinking it, you know, and it was just yeah. it was happening through osmosis. <laughs> I know. I know. Don't you some days feel like you're getting punched uh, like repeatedly over and over? <laughs> That's what goes through my head. I'm like, oh yeah, I feel a little like Jeffrey today. But, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> it, it can be a nice pressure reliever too to think about it like that. I guess. Yeah, you're you're in the middle of it. How do you not like laugh or smile right. when you know when you think of that that poor little cartoon? So yes, I totally. That. I love that. What a great story to teach kids too. I mean. That's amazing um well from those early lessons of punching jeffrey <laughs> <laughs> to uh to becoming a cmo at homedics let's talk about your path like how'd you get your start and and like how'd you end up where you are today absolutely so it's it's a funny story because it actually involves some resiliency and then some <laughs> believing that everything happens for a reason not to talk in too many clichés during this interview but I was in college and I absolutely loved all of my marketing classes and I knew that was the, the route that I wanted to take. And so I was going into my senior year and actually I should say it was the end of my junior year mm. and I bought Princeton Review's top 101 internships in the country. And I went through and I dog-eared every single company regardless of the location 
that I might be interested in working in, in, in their marketing department. And I called and email was just kind of starting back right. then, but yeah. I, I called and I asked for somebody in HR or I called and asked for somebody in marketing. And I just used the phone to try to network my way through, let's say the 25 companies in the book that I had dog-eared. And lots of them did not call me back. Some kind of misdirected me and I ended up in finance or accounting or some other department. Um, But a couple actually did come through. And the one that was really, really interesting, and that's where I sort of got my start, was Arthur Anderson, way, Mm. way back in in the day. And had a great opportunity to be in their global brand marketing team. This was when the company was transitioning from Arthur Anderson and had the old logo with the two doors to Anderson and new colors, orange and and new, entirely new brand, brand essence and, and redesign, frankly. And I was so excited because I thought, wow, I get to be on the cool, sexy side of this, which is working with the ad agency, I think it was Leo Burnett at the time and in media, this is going to be so fun. And the woman who I worked for back then, she and I are still in touch today. She's incredible. She said, actually, you're going to help me on the CRM side of marketing. And I thought, CRM, I want to go do the fun stuff with the, with the ad agency. And she's like, no, 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 you're, you're going to be with me in this other, this other department within global marketing. But the reason I love that is it really, that experience showed me how marketing can be very, very quantifiable, how you can actually build one-to-one relationships with consumers. We talked about personalization even way, way, way back then. And so I fell in love with marketing even more, realizing the balance between right brain and left brain that you would need on a day-to-day basis after having experienced this. And then I graduated a year later and started my sort of my full-time experience on the agency side of things, worked across a number of different clients, everything from cat litter to insurance to let's see, what else was in there? Telcom, uh, a bit of fashion. And so I did that in Chicago, San Francisco, and New York, and then really wanted to move to the client side. And I guess reason being, thinking about Arthur Anderson, you are just so, so close on this side of of the fence to the numbers and really understanding at the end of the day, what is making a quantifiable difference to the business? Where is the, the biggest incremental growth coming from? And I get really, really excited about that because I'm a firm believer that the right marketing can indeed do just that, drive growth. Mm-hmm. So my first client-side experience in New York was running US Digital Marketing at Ralph Lauren. I absolutely love that company. The leadership team was, was incredible. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, But it was one of those organizations where... I was very excited about the opportunity, given what I said. But you also just had, I think, a tremendous amount of pride when you walked around with that business card. I love the brand. There's a lot of rich tradition there. Obviously, Ralph runs the entire thing, but the family is very, very involved, which I very much respected. So I was there. And then I had a really interesting call from some folks at Oscar de la Renta who said, we need to launch our e-commerce business. What do you think about coming over to help us do that and running it? Mm-hmm. So this was far beyond my wildest dreams in that it wasn't just marketing. It was come in, figure out the financial plan, what you're open to buy, 
What's your merchandising strategy online? Then of course, there needed to be marketing to drive the sell-through and so forth. But there's a lot of tech involved, working with agencies to try to e-com enable what was a brochure, where a website. So it was totally different. And the opportunity to own the P&L of a business, especially at such a young age, was awesome. And I feel very, very fortunate to have been given that opportunity. And about then is when I started thinking, maybe I want to try to be a CMO someday. I have a little bit of experience so far. What else do I need to kind of put on the resume and really understand if eventually I want my path to lead to that? And I realized that global was a big missing piece thus far. And so as much as I loved my time and the people at Oscar, there was a great opportunity at Cody. Cody is at the time was still private, was just going public, but a big beauty company with about 70 different brands in the portfolio, everything from now CoverGirl and OPI to Sally Hansen and a number of different fragrance brands but many of which I'm sure you've heard of, Calvin Klein, Marc Jacobs, and and others. And so the opportunity was to come in and build a global team from scratch to help kind of advance the digital maturity of the organization. And so we went from zero to about 30 people in New York, Paris, and London. We worked with global teams and then a lot of the local countries. So I definitely uh, was able to kind of check off from a a check the experience perspective, the global element that I got from there. And then I thought, now that I have global, I really miss working one-on-one much more intimately with a single brand. My team was responsible for a number of the different brands in the portfolio. And so we were spread pretty wide versus having the ability to go deep. And so I wanted to go back into that as I sort of mentally prepared myself for any future CMO opportunities. So I went to American Eagle and Aerie and really fascinating, fascinating business. American Eagle, you know, was about 4 billion, I think, in sales at the time, needed to sort of reinvent itself after seeing some stagnant growth. And Aerie was starting to be a rocket ship. And that was about how do you generate massive brand awareness? Because when you discovered the brand, you absolutely fell in love with it. Mm. And it was exactly what I was looking for at that time team was incredible. We did a lot of really, really great work on both kind of the brand campaign and relevancy side, leaning into culture and into music, and then double down on performance marketing, which is where I had my start. And then the CMO call came and I go back to the the Jeffrey (laughs) kind of resiliency story because I had spent at that time 15 years in New York. I loved my job at American Eagle and I loved New York. And it was a place, New York's a little bit like quicksand. You never really think that you can leave. And the CEO of PacSun and Eddie Bauer, joint entity, had said, what would it take to get you to move to the West Coast? And I thought, I'm not afraid of this move. Because it's a moment in time and I've always wanted a seat at this kind of leadership table. And he believed that marketing could drive growth. PacSun had not had a CMO in, I think, at least eight years, if I'm not mistaken. And so I decided to pack up and go West. And then interestingly, COVID hit, what, four or five months later. So (laughs) for all intents and purposes, it was the right move at that time. And that really kind of paved the way then to ultimately where I am today, which is Homedics as their CMO. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Awesome. I mean, that's uh, you've worked at some really storied brands. And not to mention new ones like Aerie was kind of coming onto the scene, I believe, around that time. And, and like, to your point, it was a rocket ship. And now at Homedics. So tell me a little bit more about Homedics and like what what's the scope of the business? Because it's very different from a lot of the brands you just mentioned. It is. I've had the, the honor and great pleasure of working across all of those brands. But I think what's so interesting about this one is that we truly exist to make people's lives better. We want you to breathe better, sleep better, feel better. And those emotions cut across the range of our products. So we have air purification. We have sound devices for your bedroom to help in aid in sleep. We have massage products that some of which are just truly, truly incredible, frankly. And so we really cut across the health and wellness categories in, I think, a really unique way. And I, I decided to join because of that, which I'll come back to in one minute. And then also this incredible company culture. So on the product side of things, when you look at our competitors, there are competitors in each individual category, but there's really nobody else on the market that does what we do across so many different areas. And I know we're going to talk about the rebrand in a few minutes, but that was ultimately the intention behind it and why our brand exists today to help you move from waking up in the morning and kind of getting ready to to be your best self in the world to then carrying you throughout the day and making sure that we help you stay your best to then winding down for bed. And we have products that fit literally to help you do those things all day long. And then the other side, as I had mentioned, is, is the culture. Just it's uh, mid, we are a Midwest based company. The we're family owned, we're private. And so between the really incredible product line and this unique family culture that I think is unlike anything else. Everybody plays for the team on the front of the jersey and not the back. And you want to see each other win. And that is just an amazing feeling because when you know you can trust the people around you, I think you can go a lot farther than if, if you're worried about other things. So it's it, it's been it's been awesome. But those are ultimately the two reasons, the product and sort of the brand, as well as the culture that that led me there. Well, I did go and search around my house to see if I had any products. And I do have a white noise machine, <laughs> actually two of them, I believe. And uh, for sleeping, like you said, and, and I don't think we could sleep as well as we do without them. So <laughs> you're working in my house. Let's put it that way. 
but oh it, that's great that's so good to hear yeah yeah well and it's i don't know that i mean like i i've heard of the brand of course but it's really to your point you guys play in a lot of different categories and it's interesting how you're aggregating if you will the brand story to to focus on how you help people live better essentially but i hear you've got some you've had some amazing success recently with a campaign and i wondered if you could tell us a little bit more about that definitely so i was lucky in that the chief growth officer um who just so happens to be part of the family that owns the company had already started on a brand refresh before i joined and what that meant was an updated logo, new color palettes, different packaging. And so when I joined, he said, we have to bring this to life in a campaign. And it needs to be an ad campaign when you think about the media mix, et cetera. So we took that and really ran with it and came up with a couple different versions of spots that do take you from morning to noon tonight, a diverse and really kind of incredible cast that that helped bring this all to life in a variety of, of different stages in their life. We show parents, we, so, we show sort of younger consumers just finishing wrapping up on the basketball court. But I think what it does show is how we can stay with you and how our products really try to come in and solve different different ailments that you might have no matter your your age or condition. Um, so we started there, then we looked at the media mix and really wanted to diversify where we were spending our dollars. Reason being, we do have an opportunity for awareness. So we did some upper funnel brand plays, and then we doubled down on performance marketing and really started pushing hard on both of those fronts. This campaign launched at the end of September of last year, and we started to see pickup pretty quickly in press started to get a little bit of buzz here and there. And then I think based on the campaign creative and the media mix, as well as an updated flow on our own website, homedics.com. And flow meant lots of UI improvements, checkout improvements, and then of course, just a, a facelift in general with new creative. We started to see double digit sales results come in pretty quickly. We continue to double down on those strategies as we entered into holiday, introduced new holiday campaign creative into the mix that was called Live Well, Gift Well. And playing off what I mentioned earlier, some of the, the different moments in the main brand campaign, it was give the gift of living better, sleeping better, feeling better. And then that just continued to, to take off through the rest of the season. So we were incredibly happy with the results. And I think it set us up really nicely this year. Now we have the stable of great evergreen assets, a media approach that we know works, and we'll continue to build off that success, you know, as, as we kick off this year. Well, that's, a, I mean, you've refreshed almost everything you could think of. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's pretty amazing. That's a lot of work too. And kudos on the success. Um, do you feel like, was it all of those elements in concert or were there any specific levers that you're, you attribute maybe a little extra success to? Does that make sense? I'm not sure if that's the best way to ask that question, but hopefully it makes sense. It, it does make sense. And I think it was all of those elements coming together. I think mm -hmm. it's equal parts. The what, the what was the creative mm -hmm. that is just really special and emotive 
And I think people resonate with it really quickly because they see themselves in one of these positions. The mom that is trying to work out in the morning on her yoga mat while her baby is right next to her trying to distract her. Or I mentioned earlier, the young guy who's getting off the basketball court and just needs some relief. Mm. Or the dad that is trying to put his daughter to bed. There are so many different moments that I think the what was the creative and was able to obviously resonate and really cut through the clutter, which is amazing because that's incredibly difficult to do nowadays. And we had a, a great team kind of internally driving it with an agency partner, helping bring it all to life. I think that part was great. But then there's also the how. And the how is that media. I think we would not have seen the efficiency pay off in the lower funnel direct response channels without the investment in upper funnel from an awareness perspective. Because then what we saw is when we came back and retargeted people, that's where the numbers were just phenomenal. So it was it, it was a combination of really all of those things coming together. And the team did a great job moving really, really quickly to bring this all to life. So kudos to them, truly. Yeah, no, well, I mean, it, and the way you just described it, I mean, I the brand working in concert with the direct response, the performance media, that's how it should be, right? That's <laughs> uh, in, right. In, in many ways, and a lot of times we forget that we focus on one or the other, not both. So I think it's a, I like it. I think it's a great example of how it can work in concert. And actually, much of what you just described is supported in all the research that I read now, whether it's the long and short of it from Benet and Fields or Bennett and Fields, I should say, um, in the UK, but they, they go at long length about the importance of doing both of those activities in concert with each other. So just a a great example in real life of how it actually comes together. Yeah. And, and, and just, and just quickly, it's interesting, right? Full circle, that experience back in the day at Arthur Anderson, where you were able to measure everything and build these relationships was right. the, the kind of the quant side. And then the qual side is what I probably knew a little bit more about at the time. And so now you see it however many 20 plus years later coming to life in the real world situation. And, and that makes it really interesting and also makes me say that I made the right decision in going into marketing to begin with. <laughs> yeah, I would echo. Yes, you did. <laughs> um, and thank goodness we did. You did because uh, you're a great example of a good marketer. Well, you've had good success. You've refreshed the brand uh, or coming on the heels of the refresh. You've launched this campaign. You've had tremendous success. You talked about you've got these great evergreen assets now. What are you planning for 2023? There are some really great things in the works. So I look forward to a follow-up when I can disclose them in more detail. <laughs> but I think at a high level, at a high level, what we're seeing is really good success with our video creative in particular across various platforms. So we'll be doubling down on video. I also think there's a big opportunity to have influencers play a, a different role. One, to help further credibility around lifestyle and health and wellness more broadly. So that will be coming out probably in Q2. And then similar to last year, where we had this big brand campaign moment in Q3, we will have another one that is just very different than anything you would have seen from us before. And I think we can take that liberty because again, we've reestablished and reminded everybody who we are in the marketplace with Brand Refresh last year. 
And now I think we're going to push it a little bit more and have some fun this Q3. So you'll see that coming. <laughs> oh, you're the uh, ultimate tease. I, I can't wait to see it. Now. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I can only imagine uh, my brain is going crazy. So, but I'll, I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait patiently. Um, <laughs> Interesting thing about your brand is that you guys have both a direct channel and kind of a D2C component, as well as many distribution partners. And you've worked with brands as well in the past that had lots of direct to consumer and a mix of D2C as well, like you described at Oscar de la Renta and, and some others. How do you think about or how do you approach you know, D2C when you have other channels to consider as well? Yeah, it's it's a great question. I think for us anyway, number one, the website should be the ultimate epitome of the brand experience. You should understand the breadth and depth of our product offering. You should obviously understand what we stand for, why we exist, what our values are, the background of the company. And then ultimately, and we'll be adding this in from a content perspective, it should be a place that kind of helps you dream about what's possible, living a pain-free life without the use of drugs, which is ultimately what we set out to do. You should also understand, and I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but how we feel about philanthropy and what we want to get behind so that you can feel good about purchasing from Homedics. So all of that is contained in, in the website. So again, should be the fullest experience of who we are and, and, and what we do. And then those assets can be, where appropriate, detached and deployed to our customer partner website. So Amazon, Target, Walmart, Macy's, et cetera. They obviously have different assortments depending on their strategy and their buys. But mm -hmm. we create this content to help them drive sell-through of their buys and to also help kind of consumers understand the brand there as well. So it's to say that investment in our own website, we think helps all the high tide lifts all boats. So our website looks good. We're selling on our site, but at the same time, we are creating awareness through our advertising, consideration through the site and demand for consumers to go buy wherever they choose. And that's totally fine with us. I think the opportunity from a brand perspective more broadly is you have two sound machines from us in your house. You might not have known those were even us prior to this interview. Right. So imagine if you went into you went into a Walmart or a Best Buy and you asked for Homedics by name. I think ultimately that will be the holy grail from a marketing perspective on our side. Yeah, no, it makes it makes perfect sense, and I, I think it gets back to the concept you were talking about before. Even when we were talking about brand and performances, that they both have to work together. So in this case, you know, both channel, both types of channels have to work together. But it would make sense as well that like your site, your digital front door, if you will, would be the most rich, rich one, and both from a depth perspective in terms of who you are and what you offer, but also from an inspiration. You can't do that at shelf a lot of times or in those other experiences and other channel partners. You can't, you know, you don't get the full real estate, if you will, to communicate what you what you need to get across. And consumers today, I don't think shop just in one channel either. To I've obviously known to go into a Target or a Walmart, but I'm equally likely to go to Amazon or a manufacturer's you know own site. And so I think it's interesting that how you describe your front door is the richest 
most comprehensive. And hopefully, like you just mentioned, I'm going into a store, local store of choice and asking for your products. That's got to help from a merchandising standpoint. (laughs) That's exactly right. And then I think on top of that, although if our site is the richest experience, you also need to make sure that there's consistency no matter Mm -hmm. where they shop for you. And that's where creation of assets, making sure that whether it's our packaging or what we give for product detail pages, for partner sites, that all of that just looks really, really good. And then there's an opportunity to get kind of in front of opportunities with key retail partners in the future so that you're trying to plan holiday a year or nine months out and you're in sync on what are you guys going to be talking about at holiday? How can we help support you? How can we create the right assortment? How do we basically tie our holiday campaign to yours where appropriate? So lots of collaboration opportunities in the future, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, you mentioned causes or, or things that you the brand gets behind. And I, I think at the, near the end of 2022, you guys, Homedics, announced a partnership with Bring Change to Mind, an organization focused on mental health. And would love for you to tell me about that partnership. Yeah. So Bring Change to Mind is an incredible organization. It's a nonprofit dedicated to encouraging dialogue about mental health to raise understanding and provide curriculum specifically to high school kids so that they have a set of tools to deal with mental health issues, not only when they're young, but as they grow older. And I think what's interesting is back in the day, I had a, I was in a health class in, in my high school, but it never went into the level of depth nor gave you a toolkit in the way that this incredible organization does. So Glenn Close started it. There are a number of really, really passionate people on the board that have all either experienced mental health issues or um, this is a cause that they care about from personal experience, family experience, or, or again, just realize the importance of this in society right now. And so we decided to partner with them, as you mentioned, last fall, and we give a portion of every sale of our Drift product directly back to the org. Drift is our passive mindfulness device, um, which is just incredible. We have heard people say that looking at it for anywhere from a minute, two minutes, three minutes makes people feel calm and just at ease. It's a a product that has a, a... ball that's controlled by magnets and makes different patterns in the sand. And you are able to pick the pattern through a, an app on your phone. So there's over, there's hundreds and hundreds of patterns actually loaded in with new ones coming out every season. You can also change the light on the device itself. So it's an important product to us because of what it stands for in terms of mental health, but then even further to be able to partner with this incredible organization has just been really, really exciting for us. We're going to continue that this year and then try to figure out even, I think, deeper opportunities to connect with them, whether it be content or in-life events and making sure that Drift is there to help with their, their curriculum and their needs. Oh, cool. Kudos again. Mental health is something near and dear to my heart. I, I grew up with a dad that suffered from bipolar disorder. So, you know, you can imagine the stigma associated with just mental illness in general. And it, the stigma, frankly, still exists today. And I love organizations like Bring Change to Mind that are not only helping to address the stigma, but providing tools and curriculum to your point, like that can help other people for the 
the duration of their life. So it's a great, great cause, great organization. It's also exciting that you you've paired, you know, very authentically and organically the products that help with mindfulness to to your efforts too. I like that. It's a nice little kudo as well. Thank you for that. Yeah, we just we thought this was so special. They have just incredible to work with so far. And we look forward to continuing the support there. That's for sure. Well, one of the things we love to do on this show is to get to know you a little bit better. We know <laughs> you had a, a punching bag named Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my favorite question to ask everyone that comes on the show is, has there been an experience of your past that defines or makes up who you are today? So I was thinking a lot about this question and there's so many, right? I mean, we're yeah. sort of like balls of clay and <laughs> I don't know if that was Plato or somebody else, but you're really shaped who you are based on your experiences. So there's a lot of them, but I think one in particular was a great lesson to learn. And, and I'll explain why, but it, as I was thinking through this, it came, it came top of mind pretty quickly. And that's, I remember I was very excited about a job that I had when I was much younger. And I was so excited, in fact, that I was in a meeting my first couple days there on the job. And the president was in the room. My boss, who was a couple levels below the president, was in the room. There were, it was, it was a cross-functional meeting with an outside partner. So there's people from across the board, right? In, in the room. And there's probably, I don't know, 30 people. And so everybody is going around the room and they're introducing themselves. And so I'm just excited to be there. So I say my first name, my last name, and then I say my title. And we go around the room and everybody continues introducing. Meeting happens, right? And so we leave the meeting and we're all walking out. And the president, and I was, I was definitely young at the time, the president says, can I talk to you? And the president pulls me aside and I'm thinking, oh my gosh. And I'm trying to rehash, what did I say in the meeting? I mean, I didn't really talk that much because I'm new and I'm junior and, and wow, what, what could this be about? And the president said, did you notice how you introduced yourself in that meeting? And I stopped and I'm thinking about it. And I, I was really bewildered. And I said, no. And I, I felt like I was in trouble, but I didn't really know why. And so the president said, you were the only one that introduced yourself by your title. If you noticed, people would go around and say, Susie Smith, marketing, whatever. Right. Bobby, whatever, merchandising, this, right. this, this. And the president said, we care more about the team here than we do about the individual. Nobody cares about titles. So in so many words, it was, so don't do it again. <laughs> and I love that for a number of reasons. Number one, it shows that you can have the tough conversations with people without making them feel alienated, but you're giving them feedback, particularly in this case, about the culture that you expect and that you want to uphold, which yeah. I respected to no end. Number two, it really said something that I brought up earlier, which was this organization played the team on the front of the jersey, not the back. There were no individual superstars. It was about coming together and going farther as a team rather than trying to show off. And I didn't even have a big title, trying to show off any kind of 
title or have a single person be in the spotlight. And so that is truly one of the experiences that I think has shaped me today. Because when I mentioned that I came to Homedics because of the products and the brand, of course, but this incredible culture that we have that's very, very similar. I've actually realized over the years, lessons learned, and I know I'm jumping ahead. Uh, what would yeah. I tell my what would You're I tell younger my younger self? self? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I would tell my younger self that it's really the people that you work with every day and the culture that will be the largest determining factor of how happy you are. Not necessarily the money, not necessarily the title, but it's really the people that are around you. Because when you're working, the pedal hits the metal and you're working 50 hours a day and you're talking to these people all day long, you're in the office with them or whatever it might be. You really have to like who who you're around. When I had the job at Cody, which was that, that global role, we were constantly on airplanes with colleagues. And yes, we all wanted to do great work. But generally speaking, you wanted to like the person that was next to you on that delayed plane while you're still on the tarmac <laughs> as well. Yes. And so I definitely think that was one of the experiences that shaped me and gave me this, this different perspective about how important culture is. And how important having the right kind of feedback and and setting the tone around the culture that you want to create or keep is is also really, really important. I love that. Well, um, is there a topic that maybe you're trying to learn more about or you think other marketers should learn more about today? We are talking a lot about AI. I think Wharton came out today, if I'm not mistaken, and said that there was the AI tool that that scored better on one of their exams than, <laughs> than real kids. The chat GPT. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's wild. Computers or robots really are smarter than, than we are. <laughs> so I, I think it's not about... The reason I think we need... Everybody should look more into it is, is not about them being smarter than us necessarily, but about how we augment our activities to be more efficient and effective with the use of that technology. And again, that's something that we are talking about almost on a daily basis at that point and seeing at this point and seeing where it fits into our wheelhouse. Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, mind blowing what's possible today with tools like that. I've also been using an image one for a while and that now it's a paid tool, which I haven't used recently, but called mid journey that, you could type in a description of something and it would come back with renderings, like different options of pictures. So it was creating new, unique art, if you will, based on what you're trying to, you know, concept you're trying to illustrate. It's fascinating. Wow. Yeah. That is, that's incredible. But yeah, a lot more to come on that front, I'm sure. And and to your point, how, like, how do we blend our use of these things to help ourselves be more efficient, et cetera? It's going to be a wild ride, I think, <laughs> as we figure that out. But um, I, I, I think so, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, marketers tend to be kind of people that observe what's going on around them. Obviously, things like AI and chat GPT. But curious if there's brands or companies or causes that you, you're following personally or you think other people should take notice of. Definitely. I think on the brand front, one that I've had my eyes on for a couple of years, actually, is Liquid Death. Liquid Death is a brand that doesn't appear to spend a lot of money on marketing, yet has somehow completely nailed it. And by nailed it, in my humble observations over the last couple of years, has gone from a brand that 
not a lot of people knew about to being everywhere from a marketing perspective, but also a distribution perspective. I think they come up with, and then obviously their valuation over the last couple of months was, was pretty incredible as well. But they seem to, well, A, they really know who they are. So they have a unique position in the market and they remain consistent no matter where they show up or what they do. And then rather than, again, this is is sort of an outsider observing them, rather than spend a lot of money on big, traditional kind of classic ads slash campaigns, they do things that get them noticed. So they did a, it was sort of a low budget, but interesting movie premiere, I think two summers ago in LA, and the movie was about death to plastic. And it was sort of this horror film but it was really funny. It got a lot of pickup. It, it, it again it was low budget, but they made a movie premiere out of it. So it was this juxtaposition between red carpet and yet low budget movie. Then last year they did a, I think they had a, a wizard or some kind of psychic around the Super Bowl rather than running a Super Bowl ad. Their stunt, quote unquote, was trying to guess who would win. And they got a lot of buzz for that. They also seem to early on double down on merch. So whether it's t-shirts or koozies, I've seen water coolers, I've seen watches. I think they did a partnership with Nikon, if I'm not mistaken recently, but trying to extend the brand in that way so that brand evangelists are out in the world, not only talking about them, but wearing this merch, I think was also a pretty brilliant move. So Liquid Death is definitely somebody that I've had my eye on. And then I just saw this today and I thought it was brilliant in terms of capitalizing on culture pretty quickly. And that's Skims. So Skims, obviously Kim Kardashian's brand, and they announced their Valentine's Day collection and they cast two of the women from the last series of White Lotus. It was the two girls that kind of came into the hotel and caused the commotion, if you will. I don't know if you've, if you've watched <laughs> I did, it. I didn't watch it, no. Okay, so I, I, will, not, I, I will not ruin anything for you. <laughs> Thank you. But I, I, saw the, I saw the announcement today and before I even read it, I saw the, the two, these two actresses and I thought that is just so brilliant. You're tapping into this craze. Everybody seems to love White Lotus as soon as, at least this season, as soon as they start watching it. And wow, did you lean in and quickly capitalize on that? And I think whether it's something like that or influencers, de- there's definitely a way to lean into culture in the way that they did. And then I think just on the initiative front, we talked about mental health awareness. So that's something that we're leaning into. And I continue to look at causes sort of supporting that. And then also DEI and what that could mean to us in the future. No. I agree. Those are awesome. I'll have to check out Skims. I haven't heard of that at this point. So it sounds like it's hot off the press too. So <laughs> thanks, for the, tip. thanks yeah. for the tip. Well, last question for you. What do you think is the largest opportunity or threat facing marketers today? We're in such an interesting moment, given the financial crisis, that I think the biggest threat there, it, it's sort of twofold. One is Brands continuing to spend on marketing when the future, the immediate future is so uncertain. And then I think two is the right mix. We talked earlier about sort of brand and performance, but 
the right mix between those two things. Because I, I think when brands get nervous, there's a tendency to go and invest a lot in lower funnel and just get as many sales as humanly possible. And I do believe even in today's environment that you can performance market a brand to death. So you have to try to be steady and think about in nerves of steel, frankly, and think about the long-term effects and how you can invest. Maybe it's a different percentage, but how you can look at supporting both so that the brand is still around for years to come. So those are our two biggest threats, I think, in, in today's environment. No, I 100% agree with you. And I think it's so easy, so easy to cut. But this is, by all respects, everything that I've read or seen or studied and looked at studies that looked at this, now is the time to remain steady, to your point, um, to find your wherewithal. (laughs) Because those that continue to go when others pull back, that's how market share is gained. And that's how that's long, right. long-term strides are, are created. I've seen it in almost every category you can think of. I, I lived it in financial services during the pandemic, but I've seen it in other categories as well over the years. So I 100% agree with you. It is the hardest thing to do though. <laughs> so I'm not saying it's easy, but I, I, hope, I hope others hear your thoughts and, and advice and I would, I would echo it. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a fascinating conversation and I've loved learning about the company and what you're doing. This has been great, Alan. Thank you so much. I I really appreciate it. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with post-production support from Sam Robertson. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com. Tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love hearing from listeners. You can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes and links to what was discussed in the episode today. And you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.